And we are live. How are we doing, Wolfpack fans? This is Pack Center, your one-stop shop for all things Nevada sports. I'm your host, Austin Paschke, joined by my co-host, Tyler Seth. It is March 9th. Tyler, how are we feeling today? Feeling pretty good. Yeah. Feeling pretty good. Had a good weekend. Ready uh, to talk you know. some Pack Sports? Oh, yeah. Always ready. Always? Always. A lot happened this weekend. Uh-huh. A lot happened. We got the Golden State Invitational, where the uh, men's tennis team took part. We got men's golf, a huge matchup last weekend for them, and then women's tennis. We're also going to briefly touch on the Mountain West basketball tournament. Then we got softball and baseball to wrap up the episode. It's going to be a great one, so stick around, and we'll be right back. And we are back. Like I said, let's start off with some men's tennis. They they had a lot going on last weekend. Took on UC Davis and Portland in the Golden State Invitational that took place at UC Davis. Uh, both contests were on Friday. We were supposed to take on New Mexico State on Saturday, but they were too scared. Backed out last minute. No, I'm just kidding. Rain. Yeah, canceled, canceled <laughs> for the rain. Yeah. But in that first game, though, we lost to Portland. Zero to four, that was Friday morning, so definitely not the uh, brightest showing for men's tennis, but bounced back late in the day, Friday. We beat the host team, UC Davis Aggies, four to three. A little drama in the second game for the pack as the Aggies pulled out to an early 2-0 lead. So the pack are down, looking to lose this one 2-0, but hold on, oh. eventually leveled it, 3-3, yeah. goes to a Match seven. Did Ooh. not know that. To decide the entire thing. Game against, seven. Against UC Davis. Tied 3-3. Yes. And who else but Julian Edvard? Oh, the stud. Three matches to decide the pack's fate, and we have Julian Evard to win us it. Drop the first one, though, 6-4. You lose the next one, pack lose. So goes the second match. Oh, yeah. Evard pulls out the second one. 6-3 victory. Oh, cash. Crowd goes insane. Yeah. Literally, like, just... Losing their minds, right? Tiebreaker. Yeah. Third and final set, Julian Evard, a.k.a. Roger Federer, clutches oh. up. Oh, oh yeah. I, oh, I like it. Clutches up. You're welcome. One. Yeah, thanks. I didn't know any like, <laughs> men's tennis players while I was thinking about this. And Roger Federer. <laughs> there we go. Clutches up, though. 9-7 win in the tiebreaker to put the pack on 8-7 and seven on the season. Absolutely clutch from Julian Evard to win us this one against UC Davis because we would have been 0-2 on the weekend. But clutches up and wins us this one. We are now 8-7 for men's tennis on the year. Next up, we play UC Davis again, but this time in Reno, MacArthur Tennis Center, and that will be on Saturday. Shout-out to men's tennis for splitting the weekend 1-1. Probably would have went 2-1 Yeah, if New Mexico – wasn't so scared. Yeah, I agree. And I think, that, I think that's true. I think that's true. But shout out to Julian Evard and shout out to men's tennis. Men's golf was also uh, playing, right, Tyler? Yeah, what, what yes. Happened, what happened in the spring season debut for men's golf? Yeah, good time for golf. You know, weather's starting to warm up a little bit here. Not yep. so much snow anymore. So we started out. The men's golf team got second place at the Jackrabbit Invitational. That took place Friday and Saturday. On the first day, Friday. We had a slow start. You know, they sat in eighth place in the morning or after the morning round. Yep. They come back to shoot a crazy, absolutely insane eight under par, which was the best 
team score in that afternoon round wow. to bring them to two under par. That was good enough for second place after the first day. A uh, little fun fact, after the first day, Sam Meek, one of our favorite golfers here on the yeah. podcast, had nothing worse than a bogey and had seven birdies. Seven. I don't think I've made one birdie in my life. Never. And he made seven in one day. That's very impressive. Unreal. Uh, Sam Harn also 12 birdies and an eagle. Sam Harn. Eagle is two under par for those who don't know. Wow. Insane. Second day, uh, we are sitting in second as we enter the second day. We started the day 12 shots back behind the leader. Oral Roberts? Yep, never. I guess they're just a golf school. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. They have other sports. Oh, just, really? Yeah. Like I've heard them in uh, basketball, but other than that. No. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, 12 shots a lot, which must be one of the best golf schools in the country. Yeah. Because they finished in the tournament 15 <laughs> under par, and we're the only team to finish under par. Yeah, so that unreal. we see their bread and butter right there. Yeah. But the pack ended up finishing the tournament 7 over par, Good for seven shots ahead of third place, so a lot of separation between us and that third-place finisher. Sam Harn was the pack's best performer over the whole weekend, finished the tournament at two under, par to grab sixth place in the entire tournament. This is his fourth top ten finish of the season and was the only pack player to finish under par. Sam Harn. Shout out Sam Harn. Again, just tearing it up like he did in the fall season as Mm -hmm. well of he won that one tournament, the yeah. Badger Invitational, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, also getting a top 10 finish, though, was Sam Meek. He finished the tournament even par. Nevada will return to competition March 23rd and 24th at the Duck Invitational at where else but Eugene Country Club in Eugene, Oregon. Dude, shout out to men's golf. Second place in this, uh, this Jack Rabbit Invitational. So shout out to them. Shout out to the Sam crew, though, Sam Harn and Sam Meek. Arguably, probably our best golfers on the team. I mean, fall season, they went absolutely insane. Sam Harned with that first-place finish, like you said, at the Badger Invitational in the fall. Uh, We reported on that. And then this one, just having a crazy day. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a birdie. 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 Never had a birdie. Never had a birdie. But I know for a fact I've never had an eagle. So shout out to Sam Harn yes. with 12 birdies and an eagle Jeez. in this tournament. Um, but yeah, next up, March 23rd through the 24th. And where else to catch that information and recap but right here at Pack Center. Women's tennis also in competition. This was the final non-conference match of the season. We are now 5-6 and six. After we took on the USF Dons, and that was last Friday, we fell in this contest 4-2. to two. In singles competition, we lost on courts 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6. But, huh. okay. but, but we won on 3. Yes. So, I mean, they, got, they, t- they took 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6, but we got court 3 when Roos Van Riek defeated Rita Collier. In doubles play, though, we got the better of the USF Dons after winning on courts two and three. We only lost on courts one in doubles play. Shout out to Van Reek again as she and Gorbacheva beat their opponents six to two. And then the other doubles team that took care of business, Shikanova and Mintusova, defeating their opponents six to four. First try for both those names, by the way, or all four yeah. of those names. Oh, yeah. So, Always first try. Yep. We don't cut anything. Here. No. Shikanova and Mintusova. Mintus yeah, yeah. Defeating yeah. their opponents 6 4. Shout out to those doubles teams and shout out to Roos Van Riek for being the only women's tennis player to win in the singles competition against the USF Dons. Next up, 
We start Mountain West play when we take on Fresno State. That's Friday at noon. We also play San Jose State, and that is Saturday at noon. So both games, noon, and both games are going to be at San Jose State as we start Mountain West play. We'll be able to recap that. What is next? Oh, not next week. Next no. week, spring break. Oh, we'll be able to recap that after we come back from spring break because vacation time. or during the spring break. Maybe. Ooh, ooh. That'll probably be basketball. Yeah, yeah probably be basketball. Yeah, but yeah, 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 we'll 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 recap it. We'll get to it. Don't you guys worry. But we got to break up some of this Wolfpack talk. We got to go basketball because well, it's March, greatest couple weeks in the year. Oh yes, probably greatest month of the year. I mean, uh, honestly, what else could I mean? Honestly, December? I think I think I'm with you there. You know, because se- December's like pretty good because like Christmas, Christmas and you get like New Year's Eve and stuff like right. that. But but March is there. March is March up is there. Up there. Yes, yes. And since it's March, since there's so much basketball going on, since this is the number one sports podcast in Reno, uh, oh. don't double check oh. that. Yeah, no. Yeah, don't don't check those analytics. <laughs> Anyways, we gotta talk about basketball. We got to talk about Mountain West basketball and NCAA basketball. Utah State beat San Diego State in the championship game 59-56. That happened Saturday, the day after we recorded our Friday's episode. This loss for SDSU means they suck. No, I'm just kidding. Means that they will probably sit in the number two line in the West when it comes to March Madness. Utah State is currently a 10 seed in Joey Brackett's latest post. Wyoming, unfortunately, couldn't continue that uh, Cinderella run as they fell to Utah State. But just a quick side note, one thing we were talking about when we were watching that game and when we were watching the Wyoming-Nevada game was this Wyoming team has a lot of young pieces. and They're kind of like San Jose State, I feel like, where they don't keep their pieces around. But if they do, man, they are going to be a nice team to watch not only next year, but for the next couple years. They have a lot of young talent I think that they can, if they continue to shoot like this and continue to keep those pieces around, they're going to be nice, even though Wyoming's traditionally not the nicest Mountain West team. <laughs> but, they, you know, if they keep, if they keep their uh, talent around, they could be, they'd be nice in the next couple years. But San Diego State, Utah State, in the NCAA tourney, only two teams from the Mountain West are going to get bids, and that is obviously Utah State and San Diego State. How do you think these two teams are going to do in the uh, in the March Madness tournament? I mean, do you think San Diego State's actually going to make it to like a Final Four? Do you think Utah State's going to be one and done? How do you think these uh, these two teams are going to fare? I, oh, uh, SCSU is going to be number two in the West, by the way, uh-huh. which means they're going to have a lot of home, fans. Yeah, home court kind of a lot of fans. Advantage. But do you? But I mean, home court does that take you to the Final Four? No. If you're SCSU, where where do you th- what do you think is going to happen? Not a, not at all. Uh, I'll start with SCSU. I think that you know. Them being a two seed in the West was kind of something that you know sucked because you're not a one seed, but at the same time you're gonna be a two seed in your own region, so that's obviously something that they can look forward to. I honestly don't see this team going too too far. If I'm being 100 percent honest, yeah. I mean, we watched them play some mediocre Mountain West opponents and trailing at half, uh, up by two at half, and they really had to turn it on in that second half. Once you're in the NCAA tourney playing after you get by your 15 seed, if you mm-hmm. do, yeah, you're playing some pretty decent opponents. I mean, these are the best 64 college basketball teams, arguably, in the country. So you can't be down at half like you can be to a Mountain West opponent and just rally back in the second half. Mm-hmm. They need to be firing on all cylinders. I see them winning 
two games and dropping in the Sweet 16. I think this team is has a lot of flaws that people don't really talk about too often. Like we talked about when we played San Diego State, when you shut down Malachi Flynn, this team kind of gets very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. So I could see them making it as far as the Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8, and that's kind of pushing it in my opinion. But definitely no Final Four, I see at least, in San Diego State's side of the bracket. But you never know. They could get really nice breaks go their way, mm-hmm. depending on seeding and stuff like that. But I'm thinking kind of Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8 for San Diego State. For Utah State, though, I think they definitely have a chance to squeak out you know, the win as a projected 10 seed. I think they play a 7. Or does, a yeah. 7. So, I mean, those are matchups we see every year that flip-flop and are very, very close matchups. I could see them pulling it up. I mean, Kata is playing really good basketball right now. Sam Sam, Merrill is obviously arguably one of the hottest players in college basketball with that. The step-back three for them to win the championship was just unbelievable. How do you not double? Anyways, keep going. But, yeah, I I could see San Diego State taking a game and then dropping the next one. Or, sorry, Utah State. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are both, you know, solid teams coming out of the Mountain West, and I hope they both make it far and kind of show that, you know, the Mountain West is a conference that you need to kind of pay attention to when it comes to basketball. Well, so you see San Diego State might be like a 2017. No, no. Last year, you or yeah, 2018 uh, Nevada team. You think we can go Sweet 16? Or you think San Diego State can go Sweet 16? I think, depending on the matchup, they could. Right. I. I'm kind of leaning towards Sweet 16 as kind of that middle ground, not the ceiling, not their floor. Right. I think their floor is probably 32, and then their yeah. ceiling is no higher than Elite Eight. Yeah, exa- that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, I think they can make it to the Sweet 16. That round of 32 game, I think, is going to give them a little bit of headaches just because, I mean, they're not really that hot of a team right now. I, I understand that they made it to the Mountain West Finals and get it that they're, like, what, seventh or whatever in the AP poll right now, and I I get they've only lost two games. But they're like you said, they're not playing well at all. Like the la- if once they finished out the Mountain West regular or conference schedule, they struggled their last like four games. I mean, they were down to us. They were they had some really really tight games to not so good teams, and then you lose to Utah State. And then on the flip side of that, you have Sam Merrill, who I would say is the hottest basketball player in the Mountain West right now. Uh-huh. I mean, he's dropping almost thirty points a game in the Mountain West tournament. I mean, he was a Mountain West tournament MVP for a reason. This dude is unreal. Utah State turned it around and is now the hottest team in the Mountain West. And so you have a number 7th AP poll San Diego State who's lost two games in their entire season, and you have an incredibly hot Utah State team. These are two really good teams coming out of the Mountain uh-huh. West. Other teams should be kind of scared looking at these two teams. I definitely think Utah State's a 10 seed, and they get the right 7 seed. This is going to be a cakewalk into the round of 32 where I think it might end for them. And then San Diego State, I think I'm right there with you. Elite eight, if they can just if Malachi Flynn goes crazy, but you saw what he did in the championship game. That that dude struggled hardcore. It was almost like, never mind. But yeah, it was he struggled. <laughs> he struggled hardcore in this one, and uh, no one else just stepped up. And Sam Merrill said, "Give me the, the damn ball, yeah, and I'm gonna step up." And that step back three was insane. But I agree with you. I think it's going to be a pretty good tournament for Mountain West teams, and I think. Two bids isn't bad. Maybe we could have gotten the third, but definitely better than that one bid that we were thinking we were going to get with just San Diego State. It's cool seeing Utah State in there as well. But 
Now let's get some let's get back to some Wolfpack sports. All right, enough about some NCAA basketball, Mountain West basketball, blah blah blah. Softball. That's what we want to talk about. Yes. Yes. This past weekend, Nevada softball hosted the Wolfpack Classic, going four and two in their the tournament. Their last game against Weber State on the weekend was canceled. The pack opened up the weekend taking a loss to UOP five to four, but came back later in the day beating Sac State 9-0 in five innings. Mercy ruled the was that the Hornets. A four-run seventh inning from the Tigers in their first game ended up being just enough to take down the pack in that heartbreaking 5-4 loss. That was in the first game. Lauren Gutierrez leads the pack offense for game one, going 2-4 for four with a ribby. The second game of the day from the pack was the most dominant win all season, forcing Sac State to a mercy rule. Blake Craft pitches a gem, only allowing two sack state hits. Sierra Mello also had arguably her best game of the season, going three and for three with two ribbies. Sierra Mello also had arguably her best game of the season, going three for three with two ribbies. Saturday brought back-to-back games with Weber State. In the first game, the pack had their bats rolling. We won 10-4. to four. Fritz got the start, went six innings, only allowing three hits, four runs. Mello, Gutierrez, and Charlie McLendon, all with big days at the plate, with Sandra McAllister adding a huge grand salami. Second game was much closer. Nevada lost 4-3. to three. Blake Kraft goes all seven innings in this one, allowing four runs on seven or eight hits. After the cancellation on that final Weber State game, the Pack only had one game on Sunday, and that was against Sac State, in which we won 6-2. to two. Sandra McAllister launches another Grand Slam for the Pack as Kendall Fritz gets the win to go 8-5 and five on the season. Nevada is now 10-14 and 14 on the season, but trending upward after the past couple weekends. This one, we won, what was that? We went 3-2 and two on the weekend, and then last week, what was that? Two weekends ago in the Aloha tournament, we we went three and two, and then the weekend before that, we went three and two as well. This is a team that's trending up and is looking very very good. Our pitching is coming around at the right time. Our bats are coming alive, and this softball team is looking as we're heading into Mountain West play is looking like a force to be reckoned with. Especially, I really like the combo of Kendall Fritz. And Julia Jensen. I really like that combo. Fritz starts out, maybe pitches six, uh, five innings, and Julian J- Julia Jensen comes in and pitches a great game to close out. And uh, this this team is slowly but surely looking, trending up after a very slow start, kind of like baseball. Both these teams are now starting to pick up and uh, is looking like it's trending, or both these teams are looking like they're trending in the right direction. Who's really stuck out to you in this uh, softball tournament that took place last weekend, and uh, what are you going to be looking for as these or this team's heading into Mountain West play? I mean, stating the obvious, Sierra Mello's having Unreal. an incredible season. She's yeah. just under a point under 430 on the yep. season average-wise. Started all 24 or twenty four games played, yeah. all starts for her. Mm-hmm. Really impressive. A name we haven't really called much this season who really stood out, though, this weekend was Lauren Gutierrez. Yes. I mean, she brought her average up to a 364 after this weekend. Had a huge weekend. I think we slid her into the second spot, third spot, if I'm not mistaken, in that last game against Sac State in oh, the lineup. Okay. Yeah. Right under Sierra Mello. And I think that kind of one-two punch 
could be something to watch out for for other teams going forward. I mean, when these ladies are clicking on all cylinders, it gets kind of scary. And then, obviously, the two grand slams on the weekend. God, um, that's unreal. From Sandra McAllister yeah. is just kind of something you don't see very often. Uh, so that was kind of another cool stat. But, yeah, for me, it's Lauren Gutierrez. I mean, she's in playing incredible right now, especially at the plate. You know, and it's a good time for this Pac softball team to be training up, you know, heading into kind of that Mountain West part of our schedule. Mm-hmm. Going, I think it actually was 3-2 and two on the weekend because that last game was canceled. Right. Going 3-2 and two on the weekend, you know, we'll take that all day. And, you know, as long as we keep piling more wins and losses, this thing's going to slowly start to come around. So really excited for Pac softball going forward. And, you know, our bats are kind of getting hot at the right time. Three weekends in a row with three wins and two losses on the weekend. That's not bad at all. And that's uh, definitely trending upwards as, you know, like you said, heading into the most important part of your schedule. Um, Someone that's sticking out to me is going to be Sandria McAllister. And I know you said just because of the back-to-back Grand Slams, but that is one thing that I don't think I've seen in Uh ever, I don't think. Like, that is insane to do back-to-back Grand Slams in two different games to uh, give us the dubs in both those games, but absolutely unreal. And then obviously gotta talk about sierra Mello. i mean she is by far the the hottest hitter on the team right now she it seems like she's just hitting a wiffle ball while everyone else is trying to hit a really small tennis ball and yeah. it, you know what i mean like she's just <laughs> above everyone else right now and she's leading this team to a very important part of the schedule looking ahead we have unlv to start the mountain west play that is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this upcoming weekend. It's going to be in Las Vegas, though. Unfortunately, we can't watch them here at home. But this is a great start for the Mountain West play as we are able to take on the Little Sisters down south. And we really only have Mountain West play besides a doubleheader on a random Tuesday against Santa Clara. So this is a time we need to start really just kicking it into full gear. How do you think this Mountain West schedule is going to play out for us? Because if we continue to play like we are, um, I think we're going to have a pretty good Mountain West schedule. I just think, you know, the bats just need to stay alive. I think if we go cold, it's going to make things really, really difficult on Kendall Fritz, Blake Craft, those pitchers that have been doing so well. If our bats don't really help us out and we go cold like we were in the beginning of the season a little bit, I think it could be a little bit tough to, you know, trend upward in this Mountain West schedule. But if we keep hitting the way we are, Sierra Mello and company is going to be look going to be looking good as we uh, start this Mountain West Conference play. Yeah, I mean, we start. I mean, we're not starting easy. We start with a good UNLV team who is twenty-one and five on the season. Wow. Um, they played some, you know, quality quality opponents, and they're taking them down pretty easily. And then Boise State softball has always been kind of a staple as they are in everything Mountain West sports. Right. They're only 14 and 11 on the season. However, you cannot look past, you know, a good Boise State softball team. Fortunately, that is at home. Uh, so a good, you know, first two series for the Pac softball mm-hmm. team coming up starting this upcoming weekend. UNLV is going to be a tough one, though, but I think it's a really good test to see where we are as a team early in the season against, you know, a very, very good opponent. And then to figure out that and then, you know, kind of move on from there. Uh, Hopefully we can steal one at UNLV. I think it's going to be very tough. I think. I was about to say, um, do you think we win one in this this upcoming weekend? Or do you think we get swept? Or I I mean, UNLV is a good – I mean, what did you say, 20-something and five? They're 21 and five, and they have wins against 
people that we beat, they have wins against Weber State, yeah. uh, Utah Valley, who we've also played. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we played Miami of Ohio. No. But, you know, they do have some very quality wins, and they're they're on a hot streak right now. Coming back home, they've been on a six-game win streak. Wow. So I think we could sneak one. I think if we could sneak one and win two, I consider that a win for mm-hmm. our softball team right. uh, as, you know, where they're at right now. But it's going to be a tough one, you know. Playing on the road against a very, very good UNLV squad, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a tough series. But if we can sneak one, I'd be kind of happy with that result. Well, I, you know, you never know. They are tied with Colorado State for that third spot in the preseason polls. So UNLV is not a bad softball team by any means. I agree with you. I think we win one. If we could somehow go 2-1 and one against UNLV at UNLV to start the Mountain West play, that would be absolutely unreal, and that would be a great boost for this softball team heading into Mountain West play. But I think that we do only get one win this upcoming weekend. We'll be able to recap that after it happens. Stay tuned to our Twitter as we'll be able to uh, stay tuned and updated with all pack sports, both softball and and baseball. Speaking of baseball, let's talk about this past weekend as we took on Cal Baptist in a four-game series. We were able to split that four-game series to get their first win on the season. Let's get a clap going. Yes, sir. Baseball is finally winning games, and oh my god, unreal. I did not think this was going to happen, honestly. Feels good. I There was a part of me I'm ashamed to say, thought we were gonna go 0 and 13, like 0 and 13 Jeez. after this weekend. I didn't know, I didn't know what to expect. This baseball team is playing with my emotions, man. It's like I didn't know if we were actually gonna be able to win a game. And I mean, starting the season 0 and 9, technically 0 and 10, because we lost that first game to Cal Baptist on Thursday, five to six, heartbreaker. That's when I thought we were gonna get our first game. Yeah, Friday and Saturday was when we took the dubs, lost on Sunday. We won't talk about that Sunday score, but a little rough. But, little rough. Yeah. hey, we got a win, all right? Yeah. They were celebra- They were celebrating after that Saturday game. On their first win streak, you know, they got ce- right. to celebrate right. a little bit. And then it came out Sunday a little flat. It's all good. Yeah. In that first game, though, we lost 6-5 to five to open up that series. Marco-, Marco Venezuela led the charge with a two-run blast in the second inning but the offense from Cal Baptist was too much to handle. Not the best outing from Owen Schartz. He went four and two-thirds inning, three earned runs, three walks, and five Ks. In the second game, the Pack were able to bounce back on Friday, earning their first win of the season, 2-1, to one, a win that I personally thought was never going to happen. No, obviously they were going <laughs> to eventually win a game, but... Although the Pack were out hitting this game 8-5, to five, they were able to squeak out the win in that 2-1 to one fashion. We see ribbies in the game from Zamora, Bosetti, and Jalen McLaughlin goes 2-4, for four, scoring a run. Finally, some offense that we were able to see. Jalen finally got some hits going, 2-4 uh, for four on the day. Jake Jackson took the hill for the start, going 6 and a third innings, only allowing one run and three strikeouts. Absolutely unreal from Jake Jackson, who I think just won Mountain West or Mountain West yeah. uh, Pack Player of the Week. Pack Player the University. Of the week. Shout out to Jake Jackson for winning uh, Wolfpack Player of the Week from the university. Blaine Abietta gets the save for his first on the season in his young career for the Pack. 
That third game Saturday was the uh, was the win streak. It was the second uh-huh. of the two game win streak we had for Nevada baseball. We won six to four. Big days for Tyler Bosetti, Jay Z, and Connor Allard as they combined for four of the team's ten hits and four of the six ribbies that we ended up with. Shane O'Malley gets his first win on the bump, going five innings, allowing only two runs with five strikeouts. Another save for Abietta, who now has 11 strikeouts in only seven innings pitched. Absolutely unreal what we've seen from this pitching crew to start the season. In the fourth game, Sunday was the chance to get that three-game win streak, to get our first series win, but we fell 13-4. to Jordan Jackson had a rough start as this was his first start of the year. He went three and two-thirds inning with six earned runs and seven strikeouts. Brady Hormel also getting the start at second, going one for two on the day with a ribby. Baseball, finally getting their first win, finally getting the monkey off their backs, finally having their bats come alive, and getting their two wins to split the series two to two. We are now two and 11 on the season Still not the star we wanted, but finally got the monkeys off their backs and finally started winning some games. Tyler, what did you see from Coley Park from this four-game series that we watched this past weekend? I mean, the biggest thing, I think, as you just said, it getting the monkey off their back. You know, when you're in a hole like that, an 0-10 hole, yeah. it's really hard to kind of see the surface if you're this Nevada baseball team. But give credit to them. You know, they split a series against a Cal Baptist team that was – Probably not better than us, but, right. you know, we needed these couple wins. And I think that, you know, if we would have won that game four on Sunday, it would have been kind of a, an incredible boost to this team going forward. But, you know, we'll take a split. We'll take a couple wins here and there. A really impressive weekend, obviously, from Jay-Z, who's playing, you know, trending upward, I think, in my mind. Yeah. And then Blaine Abietta, who's in that third game pitched, he pitched an inning in two-thirds and I think had – five strikeouts so all five wow. of his outs were strikeouts Unreal. which is you know something incredible you know the the young flamethrower we have kind of yep. coming in for our saves really good day for baseball also shout out jake jackson tossed an incredible game on friday mm-hmm. getting that mountain west player or geez i keep saying mountain west the player of the week from the university yeah. who i thought should have went to sierra Mello for her incredible yes. performance over the weekend but right. you know there's a lot of season left to get some of those accolades but, yeah, trending upward, as long as our pitching staff keeps pitching like this. I mean, we just got to score a couple, and right. we're, we're good to go. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where we move forward, playing that one kind of weird midweek game against St. Mary's on Wednesday. St. Mary's isn't a mad baseball team either. We've seen them the past couple of years in series or one game kind of spurts in the middle yeah. of the week. So, But, yeah, overall baseball, I think this was a very, very positive weekend for them, getting that monkey off their back and trying to build some confidence going into Mountain West play that starts fairly soon. Fairly soon. I mean, we just, like you said, we have that one random game against St. Mary's on Wednesday, and then we have a three-game series against Sac State, three-game series against Utah, another random game against USF, and then we have a three-game series at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and then we have Mountain West play. So really, it is kind of right across or right around the corner for baseball Someone that's really been impressing me as of late, though, is Jake Jackson. I mean, this kid has been pitching at an unreal level. And, I mean, 16 strikeouts 
in how many 24 innings pitched. I mean, he has an only a three ERA. And I mean, while Owen Schartz is obviously leading that strikeouts category, Jake Jackson is slowly becoming one of those like just reliable guys. I mean, uh-huh. he won't be striking out the entire side. He won't be just doing unreal numbers, but he's going to keep that ERA low and he's going to give us valuable innings, which is something that we've been really thankful for because this pitching has been just unreal and really keeping us. I mean, we're not really technically like in a race or yeah. like in a season, but I mean, like they've been keeping the, us in these games to where like because our bats can't come alive, we're still losing, but not by much by any means. And if our bats keep coming alive with this uh, pitching, we will start trending up, and that is for sure. But Dylan Shrum, Josh Samora, and Brady Hormel are all batting above 250. The only three players in this Nevada baseball lineup to be hitting above 250. And um, Dylan Shrum is in the top of the crew with a 267, a 556 slugging percentage. And he is uh, slowly but surely becoming the top um, bat swinger. No. No, 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 yeah, yeah top no. hitter, yeah, yeah, top hitter for this Nevada baseball team. One, a spot that I definitely thought Jalen McLaughlin was going to slide into. I, I mean, I don't want to be cramping anyone's style. I don't want to be, you know, talking bad about anyone. But Jalen McLaughlin's having definitely not the season he would have envisioned. I mean, he's only batting a 102. He's just not getting on base like we would hope, and he's just not hitting like we would hope. Do you think this is something he's going to break out of? I mean, he's too good of a player to continue this streak, right? I mean, the way you look at it, he's going to eventually break out. Hopefully, it's for the Mountain West season, but it would kind of be a shock to almost everyone if he continued at this level for the entire year. Yeah. I mean, we were at the game Saturday for yeah. a for a few innings, and for me, Jalen looked kind of uncomfortable at the plate. In his first at-bat, he led off Saturday, struck out. He reached on a, for a really bad break. Yeah, on a, on a lefty-on-lefty matchup, so a, a tough one to for Jalen to hit. But right. in that at-bat, for me, he just looked kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if that's coming or stemming from his confidence because he is hitting 102 or if it's just something he's not seeing at the plate that he needs to start picking up on, uh, curveball recognition, you know, how they're pitching him, scattering reports. But we see him, I mean – Granted, going from kind of like a point oh six something to right. a point one oh two isn't that much of an improvement, but it is an improvement. So right. we'll take small improvements in Jay Glock's game, but there I don't think there's a way he keeps this up for the whole season. He's gonna break out of this. It's gonna I don't know what it's gonna take. That's for him to kind of decide and mm-hmm. figure out because for every player it's different when you're in a hitting slump like this. You feel like you can't just you can't even touch the bat with the ball. I right. mean, it's it's embarrassing, and you hate being out there, but that's the thing is T.J. Bruce has, I know, has utter and full confidence in Jalen McLaughlin. So he needs to be in that starting lineup day in, day out, letting him kind of play through this, maybe slide him a little bit lower in the lineup like he was last year, maybe find that comfort in kind of hitting in the middle of the lineup. But we'll see. I don't think there's a way he keeps this up all season, though. I think, you know, these next couple weeks are going to be really key contributors to the breaking out of this slump because you know he really didn't have a bad weekend this weekend um he was playing better than he was and his defense is still spectacular as Mm -hmm. well so we definitely need that glove in center or in right or in left or at short wherever tj wants to play him 
but it's going to be interesting to see how he breaks out of this and how soon that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, even with this bat like this, like he's still invaluable to this team. You yes. know what I mean? Like he's still like he's still incredibly valuable and we need to have him in the lineup every single game because of his defense. But maybe it's a Mountain West play to kind of shake things up from him, for him. Maybe see some pitchers that he's I mean kind of used to. Uh-huh. Um I don't know, it's definitely going to take something but we need him to definitely heat up and we need his bat to if we want to have a good finish in Mountain West play and not, you know, only get two wins, we need we need some bats going. Um, but looking ahead to this St. Mary's game, which it takes place uh, this Wednesday, 3 p.m., before a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, back at Piccoli Park this weekend. St. Mary's right now is 6-8 and eight on the season. They played some really good teams, though. They beat a Pac-12 team in Utah. They lost three straight games. They lost five straight games, three to UCLA, who's obviously – I mean, one of the best baseball teams in the country. They were ranked 10 at the time. They also lost two games to UC Riverside to to complete that five-game skid. I mean, so not the best baseball team, but really will probably give us a run for our money. They beat San Jose State, who was picked to finish sixth in the Mountain West poll. They beat them 4-2. to two. So I think St. Mary's going to be right around our wheelhouse, and I think it's going to be a good kind of gauge to see if this, if our baseball team has really improved or if they're just kind of, coasting at this point to the Mountain West play. But like I said, Wednesday, 3 p.m., this will be in St. Mary's, at St. Mary's on Wednesday, and then we have three home games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against Sacramento State. How do you think these four games are going to go? Do you think we'll beat St. Mary's and then uh, this upcoming weekend tournament against uh, Sac State that comes to Pecoli Park? I mean, I'll start with St. Mary's. I think we could take St. Mary's down. I think that you know, we've seen them in the last couple of years and we these teams are very familiar with each other and kind of having that familiarity and having that, for lack of a better word, bond between a different team right. is, um, it kind of helps you and makes you feel more comfortable even when you are traveling in an away game. So I think we take that St. Mary's game, I think it's going to be a close one. I think our pitching has to be, you know, pretty on that day, right. depending on who we throw. It's probably not going to be any of the three regulars. It might be um, a Jordan Jackson again, give him another start on the bump. But then Sac State is really no team you can slouch away from. This is a team that's won, what are they, in the Big Big West, Big Sky, yeah. something like yeah. that. They've won conference uh, championships the past couple of years. So this is definitely a team that we can't take lightly. It's a very, very good baseball club. They have a lot of homegrown talent from Sacramento. Um, me being the biased Sacramento ex-baseball player that I am. Um, I think they have some really, really underrated studs on that team. They have a 9-6 and six record on the year. Yeah. So it's going to be a real fun one, I think, for baseball to play. They're playing at home at Piccoli, so that's obviously another boost. I think we dropped 2 of 3 to Sac State. I could also see us winning 2 of 3 to Sac State. It's kind of one of those series where I don't know where this our Nevada team is at kind of right now as a team. I know we did win a couple of games, but how does that really sit in the clubhouse? Um, So it's going to be – this is going to be the series, I think, that's one of the most important series of at least our non-conference is how do we – after that St. Mary's game, how do we do the next weekend after winning those first couple of games? Do we, you know, get that taste in our mouth and, you know, really push for it? Or is it kind of more the same with the losses? So I think my prediction is going to be we go one and two against Sac State at home. A tough series, though, a lot of close games, but, you know, they're a very talented baseball club, and we're going to have to be playing, you know, pretty good to take two or three or right. maybe even sweep them. 
do you think we were going to beat St. Mary's or? Yeah, no, yeah. I think the St. Mary's game is a win just because of, you know, our familiarity with them. And, you know, even though it's on the road, right. um, I could see us, you know, scoring a few runs and then having some really dominant uh, bullpen pitching. I think we beat St. Mary's as well. They had a uh, tournament this past weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, and then two games on Friday and then a game on Thursday. And then they play a game on Tuesday before us. And th- they and then we play obviously on Wednesday. I think they're going to be tired. I think we're not going to see their best pitching. I think we beat St. Mary's. And then, you know what? I'm going to go bold. I say we win two out of the three against Sac State because it's at home. It's at Piccoli Park. Sac State's not used to the cold. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel good. I just <laughs> yeah, feel good. I, I like it. Yeah, I like it. I feel good, man. I feel like this baseball team's on the up and up. So after these four games coming up, uh, including obviously Wednesday and then the three games this weekend, I think we'll go three and one. I like and it. And I think we will be sitting at, what is that, 5-12. and 12. Uh-huh. So definitely not the best, but when you start 0-10, not much you can do. It's a but deep up. hole to come out right, of. Right, exactly. For any any team. I mean, we can win, like, you know, seven games in a row and still have a 7-10. and 10. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, it just wouldn't look good. Yeah, exactly. So, like, any win right now is a step in the right direction. And I think um, this week, I think the Sac State series is really going to be the turning point in this baseball season. Um, but after everything happens, you know where to find it here, Pack Center, where we're recapping it. Also on our Twitter page, as we'll be able to uh, keep you guys updated with live updates and commentary as well. Tyler, any last thoughts before we end this episode? I think my big shout outs go to the Sams on the golf team. Sam Meeks oh, yeah. and Sam Horn, um, absolutely striping the ball this past weekend and looking to do the same in what is that two couple, weekends yeah, three weeks, weekends yeah. In, yeah. in eugene so that's something to look out for um don't sleep on mountain west basketball oh yeah um in the tournament i think that you know even though we are not the biggest fans of utah state as a nevada community right. um or san diego state for that matter i think you know whenever we have a mountain west team in the tournament we got to be pulling for them yeah it's cool so i know that i'll be pulling for both these teams to go as far as they can um you know, in baseball and softball, kind of trending in an upward direction. So I love to see that. Love to, you know, report on both these sports. And hopefully, hopefully we can start winning some more games for both these clubs. Yeah, my shout-out is to the track and field team. Oh, here we because go. Because even though we didn't talk about them today, the the only reason we didn't is because there is a sheer way too many people to shout-out about, like, what who's going to NCAA uh like semifinals, who broke records, and it was a lot. And if I can find the email, it was unreal how many – 18, 18 new all-time records Jeez. during the indoor season. So this wow. entire indoor season, Nevada saw 18 new records. And, I mean, this this goes on forever. So, I mean, shout-out to all of them. Um, I can go on and on about the players that, you know, broke the new records, but shout-out to the track and field team. And um, next up is the NCA Indoor Championships, March 13th and, f- and 14th. That's Friday and Saturday of this week where Nicola Ader will compete, and that is in Davis, California. Um, oh, no, that is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Excuse me. But so shout-out to everyone track and field. Um, even though we did not get to you guys, we'll be able to wrap up the season updates in the next couple weeks. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to Pack Center and giving us your guys' time. And like always, let's go pack.